Welcome to the Hot Ticket Podcast. This is episode 128. On this episode, we break down the Davidoff Yamasa. Super stoked to have another Davidoff on the podcast. This will be the second one that we reviewed on any episode of the podcast. And in addition to that, we read out what you guys think about the Yamasa. And in addition to that, we bring back some Q&A as well. So we're going to be doing some of those things going forward, more audience interaction. So hope you guys enjoy the episode. But before we get into it, we want to let you guys know that we are brought to you by My Cigar Pack. My Cigar Pack is a premium cigar club designed to cater unique packs to your door through an innovative platform. How do they do it, you ask? They send you five individual premium cigars, a reusable pouch with a Baveda pack, and an add-on item that complements your experience. The best part is, is they give you options. You can choose from a mild medium pack, medium pack, or a medium full pack, so you have a wide spectrum of options to choose from depending on your taste. And better yet, My Cigar Pack works hand-in-hand with real cigar experts to design their monthly combination. The brand owners and manufacturers are involved in curating their packs with the brands to give you the best experience possible. And you've got even more options. You could choose between their monthly subscription pack for $39.99 or do a one-time purchase for $49.99. And shipping is always complimentary. Visit MyCigarPack.com today to sign up now and listeners of our podcast can enjoy a bonus add-on. Type in promo code HOT1 at checkout and receive an additional cigar with your first purchase. Again, visit MyCigarPack.com, enter promo code HOT1 at checkout and receive additional cigar with your first pack. Get it, dongers. Beef bourguignon, Irish beef stew, beef brisket, Chateaubriand, Sauerbraten, roast beef, Catalonian beef ragu, Mongolian beef, chicken fried steak, steak Diane, grilled steaks balsamico, hamburgers, sizzling beef, spicy braised beef, barbecued beef ribs, beef wellington, pepper beef, beef jerky, beef with broccoli, beef burritos, beef fajitas, beef tacos, Do you see where I'm going with this? (laughs) Beef. It's what's for dinner. (laughs) Oh, is that not the most incredible way? Oh, man. To open a podcast. Beef stroganoff. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Best articulated by the awesomely wonderful sam elliott yeah so incredible i now see my voice doesn't go that deep but with the raspiness i have right now from the illness that has plagued my body for well over a week now i feel like if my voice was just an octave lower i would sound just like sam elliott yeah now speaking of sam elliott the reason we played him is that you did your best impression of sam elliott earlier (laughs) which i'm going to play on the podcast i want people to i want I want the collective audience to really gauge whether or not you sound or don't sound like Sam Elliott. I think personally you did. I think you nailed it. Thank but you. I want to see what everybody else thinks. I think it's important to discuss how we have to review our cigars sometimes. Each cigar review starts with a total of zero fucking energy. <laughs> broken down into three main issues. It's 7 a.m. I'm outside. And it's fucking cold. <laughs> I think it's pretty good. Yeah. I think it's pretty good. I think you did a good job. Thank you. I think the voice, you could have deepened the voice a little bit. I think it could have been more guttural. Yeah. Personally. But that's me being, of course, I think hypercritical of it. But I think overall, you, you kind of nailed it. Thank you. You kind of nailed the whole Sam Elliott thing. Yeah, at a certain point, my vocal range, my, my, my vocal cords, as they begin to slow down in vibration, right. they just start failing. There's like... Yeah. Like know, there's like only so just, much There's only so low I can vibrate, you right. know. Everybody has their capacity level. That's true. I'm just not a Sam Elliott. Yeah. But I'm a huge Sam Elliott fan. I am too. Listen to him on a podcast last week, Dak Shepard's podcast. Yeah. Of course, their connection being the ranch. It was incredible. I would say perhaps maybe the most genuine person ever to come out of Hollywood. 
Yeah. I mean, he's just quiet. He keeps private, keeps to himself. He even said on the podcast, he was like, I've always been a quiet person. He goes, I'm not, you know, I'll, I do interviews and he goes, I enjoy yeah. being around other people, but, and I enjoy the sessions just because they're connected to other people. He's like, but I could take or leave the whole being out in the spotlight thing. Yeah. It's very cool. He's the only man I know in the world whose beard goes from the bottom of like the top of his collarbone all the way, all the way <laughs> to his, to his bottom eyelid. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Dude, he grows the gnarliest mustache. I, I, the, one of the things when I, so <clears throat> when I grow my mustache out, which people have seen before, when I really get it nice, thick and juicy, yeah. I go for the Sam Elliott look. Like he really has it thick up top, yeah. which I can grow really well. Yeah, you Probably go. not as thick as the Sam Elliott mustache, but I think I'm pretty close when yeah. it fills in. Bring down the tone. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta bring, really bring it in. You gotta really bring down the tone. Yeah. See, I, I sound like I have syphilis of the throat, so it doesn't work as well when I try to talk like him. If I had a good old handlebar mustache, I'd probably look just like Sam Elliott. Oh, and you know what? He's had, he's kept his hair pretty long for a long time. That's it's, true. It's weird. I feel like maybe it's just because he's so goddamn old. Yeah. But it seems like from movie to movie, his hair will go from short to long. Yeah. And maybe it's just the time of which is in between each movie role. Is that the reason he can grow it so fucking long? Because it's like, oh, Sam Elliott came out with this movie in 1984. By 1986, his hair is like 12 inches longer. You're Dude, like, how did that happen? Him in Roadhouse with Patrick yeah. Swayze? Yeah, him in Roadhouse. Was, he was talking about that on the podcast that I was listening to. And that how he's phenomenal. He was talking about how incredible, um, just like, in, from an acting sense, how amazing Patrick Swayze was. Yeah. Like, and just how well they connected on set and the whole thing. And it was like, he, you know, there was, of course, all those movies come together in their own way. You don't always necessarily have the backstory, but he was like, I, you know, wasn't even supposed to be in the movie. Really? Like, and I ended up being cast in the movie. And he was yeah. like, there was this immediate connection with Patrick Swayze. And yeah, I mean, that movie's incredible. Every time that movie is on TV, I watch it. I do too. You know how there's always that one movie? The other movie for me is the original Jumanji. Every time the original <laughs> Jumanji is on TV, you're going to see my eyes just open and engaged on that TV. I always watch that movie when it's on. You know what also I watch whenever it's on? It's Knight's Tale with Heath Ledger. Yeah, Knight's Tale's a good movie. Yeah, that's another good one that you can watch all the way through and so on. You know what I watched the other night? What? Airheads. Oh, Airheads is tell so the, good. Tell me the last time you saw Airheads. Um, probably two years ago on Comedy Central, and it was like the first time I've actually seen it on TV in forever. Yeah, it's an incredible movie. It's on Hulu. So if you forgot about Airheads, I would highly suggest hop it on Hulu and give it in a whirl because it will take you back to the wonderful time of which was 1994. Three. Incredible. Yeah, I'll do it in the same LA voice as kind of like an introductory synopsis. Three aspiring bandmates. Try to get their record on the radio. Yeah, it's pretty. With no ability to enter the building, they decide to pretend like they're holding everybody hostage with weapons. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's literally it. Yeah, that's pretty much the breakdown. Um, I have not. <clears throat> yesterday was the first time I'd smoked a cigar in six days. I know. Yamasa. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, th I would tell you this. <clears throat> so. <clears throat> I always tell people like, oh, it's like how often you smoke and tell them, yeah, I smoke one or two a day sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I'll skip a day and it just depends. But usually I would say, I'd say five to 10 cigars a week is, is, is average what I probably smoke, right? Yeah. Which I think is, that's definitely on the higher end, but there's people who smoke a lot more. And of course there's just people who smoke a lot less, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I was thinking about it as I was, I've just been continually battling whatever this is. Still don't know if it's a sinus infection. Still, I don't know if it's a cold. I'm not really sure what it is, but mm -hmm. it's starting to get better. It's starting to finally break up, which is awesome. Starting to feel better. Um, but not knowing what it is, I didn't want to take the chance. Didn't want to risk smoking and making it worse. Right. Usually I feel that, Hey, smoke it out. It'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> the one day last week when it already had started to kind of rear its ugly head, I smoked it and made it a lot worse. So, um, my throat got very inflamed. It was, it was hard, difficult to swallow. So it was, it was a terrible experience I'll yeah. put it that way. But one of the things that I was thinking about was, you know, whether or not I stop smoking and my need and want for, to continue to smoke, but not having the ability to, is that because I truly missed it? 
or is that in fact because I have an addiction? And I was battling back and forth and saying, am I addicted to these things to where like I'm jonesing for them? I need them as a part of my, not just my routine, but there is like a chemical dependency on a cigar. Or is it just I miss the idea of smoking? I, I truly enjoy it as a hobby. And I just miss that piece that I've been so accustomed to doing literally as a routine every single day. Let's break it down a little bit. Here's the th- so So before, yeah. you, before you give your opinion, yeah. I was thinking about it. And what I think is that I'm not addicted to cigars. My thought is, is I just overly enjoy the idea of being able to smoke as it is inclusive of a bunch of other things that make me feel good. Yeah. Here's the thing. Things in our life can be habitual, but not necessarily from the standpoint of chemical dependency. Right. Like you're habitually, you habitually work out. True. Right. You, either by the endorphin rush of... The feel-good vibes you get after you work out, right? That's probably mm-hmm. why you do it. It's kind of like cause and effect. Yeah. You, yeah, there's definitely that. You put in the effort, you feel good afterwards, right? Right. Same like with habitual shoppers. Why do they shop as much as they do? Because they love the feeling of buying something and getting something. Right. Also true. You know, I That's just... my life. I think, I, think it's, I think it's habitual, for sure. Okay. Is it a chemical dependency? No. Is it an addiction? Define addiction. Yeah, that's true. I guess we have to f- define what addiction is. You know? And if you're passionate about something and you're a hobbyist towards something and you like doing that thing, right. does that mean it's an addiction? Or right. does that mean that there's a likeness to it that you value as a part of your life? I think it's yeah. more that because here's the, the reality is, is I'm saying that it's a chemical dependency and it's classified as an addiction. Over that course of the six days I didn't smoke, although I missed it, I wasn't like freaking out. You know what I mean? I wasn't going through withdrawals. I right. was just, you know, I was going about my normal day. And, and what's considered a bad addiction? I think a bad addiction is when someone classifies what they're doing as something bad, but still do it. Right. Or that could negatively affect other parts right. of their life, like a masturbatory addiction. Right. You don't want to go raw. No. You don't want to go raw. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, of course, like a heroin addiction would be one of those ones it's that like I would categorize. I categorize heroin addiction as safe. It's a safe. That's a, <laughs> wait, is that a bad? Wait, that's a bad well, one. Yeah. Well, sorry. Heroin. I think we're going to classify as a bad one. Um, but there's other addictions out there. Gambling addiction. That's a great one, right? Playing yeah. games. Yeah. Addicted to games. Addicted to games. That's a good one. But why do you do it? It's because the feeling you get that emotional high. Right that feel-good vibes that it gives you right. when you do it. That's why we get addicted to things. Right. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, I will say I'm not addicted to brushing my teeth. But you're <laughs> right, that's just a habit. Yeah. It doesn't make me feel good. I just don't want my teeth to fall out of my face. Right. Um, is this a good time or is this not a good time? Should we bring up what we are going to be doing in the next month? Is Why it a good time not? to do yeah, it? Yeah, just do it, Just bro. to give people an outline of, of what our intentions are. Yeah, I think that's fine. Are we on the same page as what, if I'm, what I'm talking about? No, I'm just agreeing. Whisper into my ear what you think I'm saying. No, not even close. Oh, wait. No, still not close. Um... <laughs> One of the things that we're going to be doing <laughs> is <laughs> for the topical piece of this podcast Oh, is likely, well, not likely, going to be removing an element of this podcast that I know people have come to enjoy. Not complete removal, but we usually introduce into every single podcast um, certain things as far as like fun, jovial, current events, crazy shit that's happened and so on and so forth. But Chris and I and we'll explain a little bit more later, we're going to be migrating some of that into its own thing. Um, that its own thing means a whole nother podcast that is going to be created and represented um, hopefully sometime in the beginning of 2020. So we've outlined what we want to do. So we're really going to try to concentrate on making this cigar, this podcast more cigar-centric. There's still going to be the fun, stupid stuff, the jovial stuff that we do in the beginning, just like we've done here. 
but it's going to be less topical discussion. It's going to be really more centric around cigars itself. I'm going to be breaking out the other piece into a much long form podcast that's really just inclusive of some of those things and more of a detailed outline, more of a focus around that. Um, which we've already had some really creative ideas and, and already have a name for it picked out. So yeah, we'll, we'll be moving and migrating some of that into something new that will come yeah. in the beginning of it's 2020. It's still a little bit hypothetical, like what we're doing, but like eventually like we'll, we'll right. settle on <laughs> what right. it is. Right. Yeah. Hint one. Um, yeah. So that'll be coming out soon. And of course these podcasts are going to be collapsed in time as a result, likely only going to go up to the 40, 45 minute mark. Some may be shorter than that. More short form content, not, I mean, you guys have probably seen that over time. We used to eclipse an hour, 30 hour, 40 minutes. Most of the podcasts here recently have all been under an hour or right about an hour. Now we're really going to throttle those back probably into a 40, 45 minute segment that again, will be inclusive of just like regular banter back and forth, which Chris and I love doing, just catching up on the week and so on, talking about what's going on in the industry, news, Making fun of people, making fun of manufacturers, making fun of people on social media. Of course, we're going to keep doing those things, um, but it's all going to be relative to cigars and all the other topical stuff will be reserved for a new podcast of which we're going to be presenting and putting out into the ether and beginning may- of 2020. And maybe some more Q&As from you guys. Right. So we have Q&As coming up today. Um, we have thoughts and opinions about the cigar that we're breaking down today, which I am happy to announce is the Davidoff Yamasa. 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 I was going to tape. My, I was going to tape, you know how people did that in school? Yeah, the tape. You can't do Scotch that anymore. Tape. You know, I realized I was thinking about, I was driving yesterday because I kept going in my truck. I kept going, which is definitively yeah. Japanese if you make it sound like that, right? But yeah. I was thinking about Scotch taping my eyes for the episode. Yeah. And I was, I remember doing that in school. I'm like, you can't do that anymore. No, it's That's culturally off, inappropriate. That is off limits. Uh, so we can't even... I mean, sometimes <clears throat> when I'm out in public, I will do the, uh, the Asian accent, just like I'm doing now. Yeah. Um, it's not kosher. You're not supposed to do it. I get slapped by my wife very frequently when I just go, oh, the beef and broccoli. <laughs> and I do stuff like that. And an Asian restaurant, it's not good. It's like, oh, you bring me out to the sashimi. Yeah. It does not go well. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's very, very unhappy with uh, my effort to try to blend in culturally. That's yeah. what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And you know what? I thought, well, we'll get into it, but yeah, you can say Yamasa to people. Yamasa. You got Yamasa. Yeah. Yamasa. <laughs> I like that. But that is what we're reviewing today. And I guess this is an appropriate time to do it. Um, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get into the Davidoff Yamasa, which I'm very, 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 very excited to break down. This is only the second Davidoff that we're going to have on the show. The first one being the Winston Churchill, which we reviewed, I don't know how many episodes, probably 30 episodes or so. About. Yeah. Um, so hang tight with us. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with you guys in this one. All right. And we're back. Welcome back. Welcome back. We've got a review for you today. We are reviewing the Davidoff Yamasa. Before we get into it. Of course, Chris has to give the backstory on the actual cigar, where it came from, and the name and the like. What's interesting is the, uh, in order, well, you need to understand this. The, the convention and meaning behind the name Yamasa is a little bit more nuanced than I think most people would understand. First of all, let's understand the word Yamasa. Yamasa is short for Yamasa Corporation, the leading manufacturer of soy sauce production in the world. Oh, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Do they also make the low-sodium stuff? Yes. Cool. But but did you also know that drinking a quart of soy sauce can kill you? Probably. Soy sauce contains significant amounts of aminis, including histamine and tyramine, and too much histamine is known to cause toxic effects when eating in high quantities. Symptoms include headaches, sweating, dizziness, itching, rashes, stomach problems, and changes in blood pressure. Ew. But here's what's more fascinating about soy sauce. An article from the LA Times in 2013 stated that a 19-year-old college student nearly died of a sodium overdose after being pressured by his friends to quaff more than a quart of soy sauce. Oh. Jesus. It's God. that same peer pressure. Good googly moogly. That forced Shushavin Das, 
to produce his award-winning short-form video, Asame, a Bengali film that I can't even find any information on. But why is that? Why can't I find information about this Asame film? Well, how about the fact that Shushivan Das himself stated in an interview shortly after his film premiere that when asked, what is your favorite sauce? He said, soy sauce. More interesting, right? Interesting. But did you know what Asame spelled backwards is? Yamasa. Yamasa. The same name to the cigar we're smoking now. <laughs> this is very fascinating, folks. I think I have uncovered the conspiracy behind the Yamasa cigar. Now, what Davidoff would tell you is that the Yamasa cigar, the Yamasa cigar, is actually named after a region in the Dominican of which the crop is grown that is used in the cigar, which is called the Yamasa. It's the Yamasa crop, right? 20 years of cultivation, 20 years of changing pH balances and nutrients in the soil no. to make the so soil fertile enough to grow tobacco. And what you're telling no. me is that there is a much grander, there's a much grander conspiracy around this tobacco. Do you know who occupies that region in Dominican? The Japanese? Yamasa Corporation, the leading manufacturer of mm. soy sauce in the world. Mm. And now they have factories in the U.S. There's something fishy going on here. Super fishy. And you know Super what's fishy? saucy. The fact that there's fish oil in soy sauce. Mm. I think, Davidoff, you have some splaining to do. And then I disappear. <laughs> <laughs> then both of us <laughs> off the face of the fucking earth forever. I think um, what's important to know here is that Davidoff is a facade. It's right. a sham. It's a brand to protect Yamasa Corporation. It's the curtain that covers the corruption of a corporation. Who's the Oz in this? The Oz is Yamasa Corporation. It's very interesting. Um, but with that, we still have an obligation to review the cigars. That's what we're going to do here today. Chris, can you please let everybody know how we break these things down? I don't know. I just, this is just too much, you know? I don't know. You think about it. Look it up. Every detail is factual. Each cigar review starts with a total of 60 possible points and is broken down into three main categories. 10 points for construction, 20 points for conspiracy, and 30 points for assassination. We then deduct points for less than optimal construction, burn, and flavor and see if the cigar is worth the price for a possible 1% bonus or deduction. And then finally, we average out our individual scores, giving you guys our total cigar rating out of 60. And I just want you to know that if this episode, for whatever reason, comes down, you know who the fuck's behind it. Yep. Fight the powers, go after the corporation. That's all we're going to say. Um, thanks for lumping me into your conspiracy theory. Now I feel like I'm a... <clears throat> I'm a marked man. Yeah. Um, all right. So we are breaking down. We did smoke the Davidoff Yamasa, which has Dominican binder, Dominican wrapper. These Dominican binder, Dominican wrapper are the Yamasa wrappers grown in that particular region. Again, been cultivated over 20 years time. And then a combination of Dominican and Nicaraguan fillers. We smoke this in a Taurus 6x52, which I will say in Davidoff's is actually a pretty lovely Vitola because typical Davidoff's never have that really good floral aromatic. Um, it's, they're very floral. They're very aromatic. The, the flavors that typically Davidoff's give off, I think, are conducive of actually smoking in large Vitolas because they're not as overwhelming. Yeah. So I actually like the idea of smoking something in 6x52. This does come in at an MSRP price point of $23 per cigar as well, which we need to take into Oof. consideration because it does come at a pretty high price point. Yeah. Um, let's get into it, Chris. Let's break it down. What did you think about the construction? Oh, of what, a, what a beautiful milk chocolatey wrapper. Kind of a, a satin finish of oil. What a. And it was, you know, it's like, if you've ever seen a Davidoff on the shelf, it, it speaks quality. Yeah. 
That's for sure. They're like the Apple brand of cigars. I would even say if not in not put into one of their obnoxiously white and gold humidors, even a Davidoff stood by itself is typically res- represented a very high quality. You would notice it. I think sometimes you would notice it over other things, not even from a branding perspective, just by the way the cigar is constructed, the way that it looks. And, you know, when it comes to the 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 branding itself, I mean, they're minimalist too. Like, there's they're not overly flashy with labels. And there's a level of consistency too. That's what I like about yeah. the branding of Davidoff. They're actually geniuses about branding. This is one of the things I hated about Davidoff before, but they're so fucking good at it. And they've represented themselves so well in the marketplace. It's one thing to make a great cigar, right? That's what we're all here for. But the branding helps expose those cigars. Davidoff has done it better than anybody else. Yeah. But Absolutely other than incredible. that, flawless construction, what can I say? Yeah, same here. Construction on my cigar was pretty damn good. The only thing that I said was there's probably a little bit too much of a lazy cap structure, but nothing that was like, it was just kind of like, ugh. you know, sometimes you expect it on a $23 cigar that it's just going to be absolute perfection. And it was kind of like, hey, okay, we're going to lazily throw this cap on here like we would on a $7, $8 cigar. But I think from a component perspective, and I even showed you the one that I was smoking, just the sheen and the gloss to the cigar, mm-hmm. just the structure itself is just absolutely fucking beautiful. Beautifully made, as always, which you would anticipate you're always going to get in a Davidoff cigar. So for me, that the con- construction was exactly as to be expected, other than whoever put the cap on was being a little lazy. <laughs> uh, what do you think about the burn? Oh, man, you just light it up the foot, put it in your mouth. It's a good one-two puffer cigar. Surprisingly, for as dense as the cigar is, it actually has really, really nice kind of even balance of resistance on the draw. Right. But it's like one or two hits, and it's really good smoke production. Um, gives off kind of a kind of a, like a dark gray ash, which is yep. kind of surprising. Um, Dominicans, I don't know. Di- well, yeah. Dominicans and, and like Nicaraguan fillers, typically I notice more of a white ash. So I'm not sure what the reason is. Maybe it's just aged tobacco. Maybe it's just, Could also just the Yamasa. Right. Just that, that particular blend and whatever leaves that they're using but, and parts of leaves. Yeah, but just... a very nice like dark gray ash. And I mean, it was fucking dense. It was very It dense. was dense ash. If you were going to do your like little like ash holding test, yeah, that, that might have been, been a, good... a decent one to try. It I on. think it would have been a good one too. And actually, I agree with you in terms of like, yeah, it gives off that gray type ash. But it is very thick. It reminds me of that movie with Tommy Lee Jones' Volcano. Yeah. And the part in the movie where they're in downtown L.A. and it's just raining ash and it's super thick on the ground and sticking to everybody's yeah. hair. That's yeah. kind of, I think, I think what they were doing is the gods were just ashing a bunch of Davidoffs <laughs> and just sprinkling them over everybody because that's exactly what it looked like. Yeah, and this cigar did not like run at all. No, definitely not. This is the level of consistency maintained in the cigar was pretty freaking awesome. The only thing that I had on mine, and I agree, the draw was absolutely phenomenal. That is one thing that I would say consistently on Davidoff cigars that I've smoked is that they have the most amazing draws. Um, The only thing that I really had issue with on my cigar, well, two things is one, I had an abrupt outage towards the end of the cigar, which is a little frustrating because the cigar, oh, it starts to diminish in flavors a little bit, which we'll get into towards the latter half. I didn't want to have to correct it to char it even more. And then also, this is just a pet peeve of mine, and I will give you a deduction every fucking time. If there is a wrapper peel as a result of glue crazy bandage. That is like a no-fly zone for me. And that was really frustrating is that, and this was on the sub-band of the cigar, the actual part of the band that says Yamasa on it. And it's a super fucking tiny, super tiny label. Couldn't get it off just by slipping it off. So I had to peel it off. And of course, it peeled a big chunk of the wrapper off with it. That fucking drives me nuts. Learn how to use your goddamn glue. So um, not the perfect score for me on burn, but otherwise minus those two issues is pretty awesome. On top of that, you make up a good point. And the reason why I think tearing the wrapper can be problematic, it's kind of like getting a, um, uh, what did I have surgery on? Your hernia. Hernia. It's like having a hernia. Because sometimes with, with the expanding fillers as it's burning and you lessen the structure of the binder and the wrapper like it bulges out <laughs> a little bit well yeah from I a think, big tear i think the i think the most notable thing is that it could simply just create unevenness in the burn and depending on where that cigar where that band is placed on the particular cigar and how severe that wrapper peel is 
can really make a difference in the burn overall. That's why I just it's a pet peeve of mine because it's one of which could easily be negated by not being sloppy or lazy. Now, for me, I was able to thankfully slip off my labels pretty easy when I actually got to them, mm-hmm. and I didn't actually get any damage on mine. However, I will say the question is, because I had no outages, right? even this morning in the worst weather conditions possible for a cigar, <laughs> um, we would do our hold test. What's the hold test? It's when we sit our cigar down for five minutes. We write conspiracy theories about the brand and the cigar that we're smoking. And then after that five minutes, when we put it back in our mouth. If it's still lit, that's a great hold test. Yeah, of course. Did mine pass the whole test? It thankfully did. It nice. actually did. There's a couple mo- moments during the burn where the ash was so dense on top that I did have to make a conscientious effort to ash it. Right. Because I was starting to notice it smothering the draw a bit. I did. So do just the same keep thing. that in mind. Yeah. Just keep that in mind. But all in all, I had a, a, a perfect. Uh, a perfect burn, honestly. Yeah, I, I, I did too. It was absolutely great. And again, I can't say enough about that incredible draw. What did you think about the flavors of all? Arguably the most important aspect of any cigar, but in particular Davidoff, especially one that you're going to pay $23 for, which you will pay for this tour of the 6x52. You will pay pretty much anywhere. Davidoff does not come off their pricing. It's very hard to get these on discounts unless you're in special events. Like this isn't one where you're going to see a huge disparity in price from place to place. It is no. pretty much going to be this price everywhere you go. So... What do you think about the flavor? Oh, dude, right off the get-go, very rich, floral, creamy, medium spice and earthiness flavors, like immediately. Um, The cigar, for the most part, is literally that. Like for a good 75% of the time, it's literally those flavors, and they're very rich. And the fucking thing that Davidoff does so well is the aromatics that come off the cigar, just the smell of it Mm -hmm. is so floral and fragrant. And it's fucking amazing. And even on the retro hail, it's that same strong kind of florally component that I just love about it's all their al- cigars. It's like you always have potpourri around yeah. you. Yeah, but like a just, floral potpourri. Like it's just sitting behind you. You've got it cast on your shoulder like a parrot. And it's always wafting into your nose. Now, personally thinking it, you know, realizing that the, the tobacco used, the Yamasa coming from swamps, I was anticipating more of a uh, skunky maybe shit smell like your <laughs> like your local like uh uh you know like uh, water purification right shit <laughs> you know like right, sure i i expected the septic tank type yes smell i expected the porter john experience sure on on the uh <laughs> on the retro hail right and the fragrance but it wasn't it was just a beautiful smell yeah. i don't know what type of plant survives and creates such a beautiful smell in the swamps but this one did it yeah. This one did. But here's what I'll say about the flavor. I get down to about 75%, right? I'm peeling back the labels. I'm smoking it, trying to finish her out. I got about another inch and a half. I'm in a good hour and 45 minutes into this cigar. Gets a little bit more bitter towards the end. But then it really just starts to just do nothing. Yeah. Like it just kind of loses flavor. Hmm. And I noted when you actually said that a little bit earlier, but it does. The flavor kind of dies out towards the end, but for a majority of the cigar, it's fucking just rich as hell. Yeah, I I would agree with you in terms of, like most Davidoffs, this one is insanely aromatic. This one of the things that I've come to enjoy about Davidoffs that I probably perhaps didn't enjoy when I didn't like the brand 10 years ago. Uh, I like the idea that there is... I love the waftiness of the flavors that you can get exposed through your nose as opposed to just your mouth, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's why these cigars are so enjoyable on the retrohale. Um, I try to consistently that when I'm drawing on a Davidoff cigar, name the Davidoff cigar, it doesn't matter which one, that I'm constantly retrohaling. I'm typically doing kind of a four to one as far as just like, hey, <clears throat> inhaling the smoke as I usually would wafting around my mouth and then doing just really one smooth, um, large draw off the cigar to retrohale it because it always brings all those wonderful flavors to life. What I really thought was kind of profoundly different about this cigar, which I enjoyed in the beginning, was zero spice rush in the cigar, zero pepperness from the get-go. I think as Chris articulated and the fact that there's a component of sweetness, it's very savory up front and you get a lot of that floral. But for me, there was almost like this sour component to it 
which I thought was super interesting. I don't mean bitter. I don't mean savory. You mean, I mean swampy. I mean sour, but sour in a good way, not swampy. Swampy makes it sound <laughs> gross. Um, sour as far as like it was this this rich component that balanced out what I would consider this wonderful floral sweet flavor that you get up front. And to me, a few times in smoking it, I was like, my head was telling me it's this thing, but I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't grab it in the moment, like what it is. But other than to say that it was this really wonderful sourness that I got to the cigar really just enjoyed up front. And I think the remainder of the cigar really kind of balances out into a nice, nice earthy creaminess that you really enjoy through, like you said, 75% of the cigar. What I didn't like about the cigar, and you said the same thing, is once you get past that point, the point of which I get this wrapper peel and was, was thinking it was going to be overly detrimental because the flavors really started to drop off at that point. I didn't want to have to relight, make another relight attempt to char any of the cigar any further than I already had to do. And then, of course, lessening the wonderful flavors that I was hoping were still at the end. Yeah. I didn't want to impact it to the degree of which it was just going to create harshness. It's just going to make me want to put the cigar down overall. I will say, I do think that the end of the cigar, like <clears throat> I would say traditional Connecticut's do, it gets a little harsh. Not so much harsh, but maybe just more bland. Yeah, I agree with you in terms of it seems like it just kind of disappears in the back half, almost like there just isn't the same amount of tobacco or some of the same rich components of that tobacco. It's very, very, very strange. And, and let's call it the combination of um, all the tobaccos used to maybe create that. But I will say what you get up front is so absolutely wonderful. I kind of don't give a shit about the last, the last inch of the cigar. Because yeah. again, you're smoking this in a Toro 6x52. It is a very large cigar. And also not surprised that I had one outage on this cigar either, despite the dense fillers. You create a cigar that large, it tends to happen. But I will say this. I think overall, if we're talking about the cigar in totality, I think just because of the flavors, the characteristics of the cigar being so different than anything else that you're going to get, including other Davidoff cigars, it is absolutely wonderful to smoke just because it's so different from everything else. Yeah, it's just really well balanced. I don't really think I've had a poorly balanced like flavor profile for a Davidoff. You know, it's weird is like there's just some that are better than others. But none of them are bad. Like we smoked the Winston Churchill, I think, which we gave like a 90 or maybe a little bit more. And I loved that cigar. It was just entirely too large. Um, I just don't like that Vitola. And I think it, I, I think you don't achieve as great of a balance in a larger Vitola like that, even though I know it's appropriate for the name. But even when we're reviewing that cigar, we both agree that there's some greatness within the cigar, which Davidoff achieves better than everybody else. I will say this. They don't play it safe when it comes to flavors. And I think that's what I admire about the brand the most, especially we're talking about something that has gone through a growing process, a tobacco that has been cultivated for two decades. They are trying to use by making sure that the soil is right, the pH balance in the soil is right, the nutrients are right, making sure that soil is conducive for good tobacco growth, knowing that that region is going to produce something great as long as you do it the right way and you take the time and attention and making sure that it is absolutely perfect before you grow. They did that and then they came out with something wonderful as a result. That they're doing things and that's a good example of them doing something that no one else is doing. Yeah. I mean, the flavors in this cigar is like the equivalent of all the singers in Backstreet Boys. They all can fucking sing and they sing well together. That's how the flavors are on this thing. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Um, so this is perhaps a piece of the segment before we get into the final review of the cigar, which I am excited about. And that is, I actually solicited what everybody else's thoughts were in social media about this particular cigar. So we could kind of put it out there and these will also be posted on the website sure. as well. Uh, cigar head said pretty good. Our buddy, Dave D'Amico, D D'Amico on Instagram said boner patrol, which I totally agree. <laughs> this will spark a fucking Jimmy inside your pants. You will go from six to midnight smoking this cigar. Tony does cigar and bourbon. He says, Yamasia. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty hilarious. I feel like we're just being trolled. Um, <laughs> v cut everything, our boy on Instagram. Which also, if you look at his Instagram handle, also looks like V cute very thing. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. So it could be V cut everything or it could be V cute everything. You decide. And he says, ain't that a Japanese guy? Yeah. As Chris has already articulated, 
Yes, it is. It's the it's fucking Japanese, Yamasa Corporation. It's a Japanese organization. Turbo Jones 25 says, best Davidoff in my opinion. Northwest Cigar says, not as good as the Nick. We haven't yet actually Reviewed done a review on, on the it. Nicaragua. Smoked it numerous amounts of times. We definitely will review that long term, but everybody reviewed the Nicaragua. Everybody knows what it's like. We'll eventually put it out there, podcast or just written yeah. review. Um, but I'm not going to say that I agree or disagree with that at this particular point in time. So all things considered, Chris, where does this cigar end up for you? $23 price point. So we needed just to discuss that really quickly. Do you think it's worth the price paid? Knowing what you know about Davidoff's and other things in the industry. In all honesty, I've never truly felt like um, Davidoff's were worth the price. Mm. I still pretty much hold true to that. Even in this cigar, which is $23, there's very few cigars that, like, if I'm surprised by it, like if I smoke it and it's expensive and I go, fuck, like that surprised me Um, and it's really good. Um, then I might usually lean towards it's worth it just because the experience right. of it like was like, you know, memorable and, and great. But every Davidoff I've had, I've always gone like, eh, it's kind of, it's, it's just too over, overpriced. It's like the right. Apple brand, right? right. I, can, I can find a, a cigar equivalent to a Davidoff that from a quality, from a flavor is a, a competitor, you know? Sure. Like, like what Yahweh is to Apple. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right. Sure, sure. With this, I mean, I think it's no different. Like I will say this perfect construction, perfect burn. I gave it a 27 out of 30 on flavor, which is up there. That's very high. Right. I like it. I wanted it to be a finger burner though. I sure. really did. Um, so that said $23 for this smoke and I'm putting a, an inch and a half of it kind of like, yeah, I can toss that away. Um, I don't think it's worth the price. I still feel like most Davidoffs should be, and the, and I'll give I'll give them credit. Like they're really good cigars. I feel like they should be more around the fifteen dollar range. Okay, but under twenty. Okay. So I didn't I didn't really think it was worth twenty. So you gave 30. it a deduction. I gave it a minus one percent. That's fair. I will say in terms of my thoughts and opinions on Davidoff, of course. Anybody who's listened to this podcast for a long time, they know. I'm not going to go back into it. I think given the fact that it's 6 by 52 $23 price point, understand that this is, for some people who have money, this is probably an everyday smoke, something in the Davidoff line, right? Spending 23 bucks on a cigar may not be anything. I don't do that frequently enough. And I will, I will say because of how different the flavors are, I think there's a component to this cigar. Not saying that there's not... Other cigars on the market and a 15, even a $10 price point that aren't, I would say, categorically equally as good mm-hmm. in terms of all things that we score on. But I think Davidoffs are so different. They give you something so different than what other cigars give you that I think every once in a while, it's totally okay to pay $23 for this cigar. I'm actually happy to do so. Now, I will say this. I bought five of these bad boys not too long ago. I will tell you that I did not pay $23 for them. So I think I was lucky in the fact that I got these for much less of a cost, um, actually sub $15 a piece, which I was very happy about. You're not going to get that every day. You go to a lounge, you're paying $23. But I think it's okay to pay $23 for this every once in a while. I think Celebration. I think it's totally appropriate to do so if you're just feeling finicky in the moment and you really had a good day splurge on this cigar because it is so different than other things that you're going to smoke. I think it's okay to do that. So I do think it's worth the $23 paid this is under a, those conditions. This is a great celebration cigar when you finally seek justice for the Yamasa Corporation and all those sons of bitches at the top level are thrown in prison for the type of shit that they are doing to people with their soy sauce. Couldn't agree more. Now, what did you give the cigar rating in each category real quick? Break it down for us. Yeah, construction, 10 out of 10. 20 out of 20 on burn. 27 out of 30 on flavor, very high. Minus 1%, I think it's a little bit overpriced. Um, comes in at a 94%. Wowzers. That's great. I got or 10 out of 10 on construction, 18 out of 20 due to the, uh, abrupt outage in the wrapper peel, uh, on the burn and at 27, I gave it a half point score, 27 and a half on the flavor. Cause I thought it was so great. Um, thought it was worth the price pay that comes out to a 92.5% average. Those two together, we give this cigar score a 93.25. 
93 and a quarter, which I think is completely appropriate. Absolutely wonderful score. Davidoff, stay tuned. We're sending you a hot ticket certificate of achievement. This is a means for them not to come down on us. And uh, we're going to give you a high score because we don't want our lives to be end by exposing this conspiracy that has been in place for years and years. Um, we, we know who the puppeteer is at this. We do have some questions and answers that came through. I picked a few. I didn't pick too many because I wanted to make sure that I timed this episode out right. And, of course, we're coming up against the end of it currently. So we got just about two minutes to answer these bad boys. Uh, from V Cut Everything, most surprising scar of 2019. Most surprising? Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, and I was going to say this earlier, Chris, Chris Whisper in my ear, we are going to do an episode that's going to break down the top cigars of 2019, the top cigars that we've smoked all of 2019, which would be inclusive of anything that's been out on the market for an extended period of time. So we will be doing that episode. So part of this answer is going to be in that. But to me, the most surprising cigar of 2019 mm-hmm. was absolutely the Tatuaje Me Too. Yeah, that's a really good one. That was one that I had zero expectation for because I thought the first Mexican ex- Mexican experiment was okay. I thought the Mexican experiment too was out of this fucking world. So that to me was the most surprising scar of 2019. Oh yeah, I, I'm having a hard time with that one. So while you're thinking about that, Danish Fuel comes to a question and asks us, do you like snorkeling? Personally, no. I think snorkeling is a poor man's scuba dive. So I am not into snorkeling. I think it's for lazy people who don't want to get uh, their divers. <laughs> they don't want to get their diver certificate and don't want to pay big boy money to be up in, under the ocean with all the cool creatures. So, uh, no, I'm not a fan of snorkeling. Smoke Ring Dude asks another question. He says, will you marry me on air? Of which I replied privately and said, absolutely, 100% marry you on air. Oh, that's cute. Um, so most surprising scar of 2019. I don't think I have one. Like there's, I mean, this cigar, well, not this cigar. Um, now there are other cigars I will say that we've smoked that are 2019 releases that we've not yet reviewed. I picked I'm trying the, not to. <laughs> I picked the Me Too specifically because yeah. that to me, because I didn't really enjoy the Mexican, the first original Mexican experiment. I thought that it, personally the Me Too was going to be a little substandard as well, but it blew my socks off. We reviewed it; it's been on an episode. Okay. But there are other cigars that I've had that were surprising to me as far as being delicious that okay i got one i got go one. for it surprising because one the general i, I want to say the general advice or recommendation i've gotten from this brand has been relatively negative but then when i had one of their cigars i was like no this is great for me okay trinidad espiritu interesting good choice good choice it's just like you know like there's there's mixed feelings about trinidad and like for for most of the people that I refer to for like recommendations on cigars, like eh, Trinidad's not that great, right? But then I had the Trinidad Espiritu, and I'm like, this cigar is great. Yeah, I think it's one of the things why I think it's very important to not put baby in the corner, as we've said in the last episode. Um, I I don't think it's good or and or wise to put certain manufacturers in timeout. I've done it before. I did it with Tatuaje, and I I regretted Still it. Still do it with period of time. Still do it with Gurkha. We should probably we should probably get a Gurkha on at least as a written <laughs> review, um, unless they have a historical track record of being fucking you know cunty McCuntersons. Um, but I would say this is I think the Espiritu is is a good example of one where it's like you may have some preconceived ideas of what Trinidad has brought to the marketplace, especially the Nicaraguan Trinidad. I'm not talking about traditional Cuban Trinidads, and really when something's being brought to the market, really challenging yourself to try, even if you have certain thoughts or expectations due to, I would say, previous experiences that you've had. Because the Espiritu is one that actually shocked me as well. That's a cigar that, weirdly enough, I didn't smoke it once and go, oh, this is great. I've smoked it like four or five times in the recent two months. I have too. It's kind of like uh, become a go-to for me, especially if I want something that's a little bit more light, not as heavy on the palate. It's a great cigar to pick up and smoke. So and an honor- it's a good choice. An honorable mention one, which I would have never thought in a fucking million years, but I was curious. The Alec Bradley Fine and Rare. Yeah, that's a that's a strange one. That that's, was a str- that's still a strange one to talk about. <laughs> yeah. um, I, the verdict verdict is not completely out for me. It's weird. It's weird because it's a price point component. But I do agree with you in terms of those things, characteristics of the cigars. I think there. Here's the thing. 
all in all, 2019 has been an awesome year for cigars. Totally. I think it's been one of the best years I've seen in a while, a while in terms of consistency. Now, there's been some good stuff that's hit the market sporadically, of course, over the years, right? Some of the best cigars ever made. They just, it kind of comes and ebbs and flows a little bit. I think the consistency around the 2019 releases being really spectacular cigars is something I've never really seen before, just in the previous like five or six years in the industry. Yeah. I think it's probably one of the best years I've seen for releases. Um, and I think, I think it speaks, I think it speaks a lot to what manufacturers are doing to try to keep things fresh, which I greatly admire, right? That's the whole thing is like trying new hybrid blends and trying this with that, or trying different components, trying to, you know, get more out of your soil, get more out of the tobacco itself, using certain things in, in certain areas that you otherwise wouldn't before really trying to take it to the next level and creating evolution around cigar making. I think 2019 is probably one of the best years for that. Yeah, dude. So I think that was a good way to end. That felt good. I mean, it, it felt, felt good, good coming yeah. from, from my soul. So um, let's conclude episode 128. Uh, we do have some goodies, good episodes coming up here in the next few weeks. Again, as I've already said, we're going to do our top releases of 2019, the best cigars we've smoked of the year, which would be inclusive of anything that has ever been blended in history, no matter the time period. And then looking to do, and hopefully we can do it, we're going to do our community like score as well. So this is going to be picking the top cigars that you, the audience, have selected as a part of our social media engagement over the course of the year, which are the best cigars that we've reviewed in 2019. Yeah. So hopefully we can sprinkle that component in there as well. And it's been a light week, but, you know, visit HotTicketWeekly.com. A couple mm -hmm. of press releases came out this last week, as well as Corey put out a review for the Creme. The Creme, the Villager. Yeah, the Villager. Um, so yeah, always, you know, hop on that website, hop like. on the website. You can get the podcast there as well. So the podcasts that we do, um, are always embedded. So you can listen to those on the site and you can read the written reviews as well. So all the information's on www.hotticketweekly.com. Yeah. We thank everybody for listening. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We will be back at you next week with episode 129. See everyone. Yamasa. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. How can you get a hold of us? You can get a hold of myself on Instagram at the Hot Ticket Pod. You can get a hold of Chris on Instagram at Hot Ticket Chris. Please also, if you could, visit our website, hotticketweekly.com, for news, reviews, interviews, and more. And please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes. We greatly appreciate it. In addition to being on iTunes, we're also on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Podomatic, anywhere where you can find podcasts. Again, thank you for listening to the show. We'll be back at you next week.